Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. It is uh, 3.09 here in the station. You can get us at 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. You can also ask your Google or Alexa to play The Rob O'Donnell Show podcast, and it'll play the last uh, published pod- podcast view, which is usually yesterday's show or maybe early today's show, depending on how they get loaded up. Usually about a half hour behind for the most part. 45 degrees and partly sunny outside. Like I said, it was 3.09 the day after Election Day on this Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. Um, We're going to start off, we're going to talk about a lot of the different areas. Talk about a bunch of the things that are going on. Not only here in our local area, northeast Pennsylvania, but the state as a whole. There was a very, very close race out in uh, Pittsburgh for the district attorney where Zapala, who was the long-term Democrat district attorney out there, who lost his primary against a Soros-backed, radical, progressive, activist DA. And uh, that activist DA was winning up until uh, late last night, till about 90% of the vote was in. And then it started shifting tides to where I think it was like 49-51 by it ended. But Zapala ended up pulling it out which is a a relief. And again, he's a long-term Democrat that rebranded himself as a Republican just to run because he lost the primary. In Allegheny County out there, there's not a Republican really that will could could win in a county like that as far as district attorney or pretty much anything. It's it's sort of like Philadelphia or or even here in Scranton. We've seen here. But they did get the turnout out there, which is a lot different than here. As far as Lackawanna County goes, the uh Voter turnout was only 37%. And we talked about this, and we knew in an off year like this, I talked about it yesterday, that, uh, you know, people get lackadaisical in these off years, but these are the races, these these school board members, these county commissioners, these town supervisors, council members, mayors, they're the ones that affect our day-to-day lives more so than, than even next year's race. I mean, next year makes federal policy. And, uh, you know, these are the races that matter. And we saw here, it looks like there's going to be another Democrat majority in Lackawanna County. We're going to start off with Lackawanna County, where Gawhan and McGloin ended up being the, the big vote-getters. Chermack was uh, behind. And then you had uh, Campbell, who uh, didn't make the cut there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's sad. I would, I would have liked to have seen what Campbell could do at, as a county commissioner. She said, you know, she's still in, in Mayfield up there, and I don't think it's going to be the end of her political career as, as moving forward. So I think she, she – I, I hope to see her still doing great things up in Mayfield, Keep continue down the road she's on, and hopefully uh, she has a chance there. But now that we have this new, uh, this new incoming majority, Gawhan and McGloin – Based on the votes, is, is Gawhan going to be the, and his experience being on a council member in Scranton, is he going to be the chairman? I, I would lean to say yes, but uh, I haven't heard anything officially to that to that uh, effect. And uh, Chris Chermack will be in the minority again. But here here's where that changes. And, and I understand, you know, it was, it was a, 
it was an amicable race. There was not very much mudslinging, which is a good thing. There's no need for that. There's plenty of topics in Lackawanna County to discuss rather than going after someone's character, going after someone's personal life, going after digging up dirt on them. I mean, there, there's enough real issues here in Lackawanna County to deal with rather than bringing that up. So I'm glad that really wasn't a factor here. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Matt McGloin does in this new position. You know, I wish him and Gohan all the best. They are now my county commissioners. I accept that race the way it is. They won. Mail-in voting was a, a big early turnout. I think they had ten or 11,000 to 3,000 votes for the Republicans. And it's something that the, the GOP in not only Lackawanna County, Northeast Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania as a whole, and nationally, need to really get on board with. They, they need to... Anywhere ballot harvesting is legal, they need to get on board with that. Mail-in voting, we need to accept that as the way it is now. And uh, do better. And a 37% participation rate in the, the election for Lackawanna County, that's, that's sad. That's sad to say the least. But there's real issues now because you have these outgoing lame duck county commissioners here in Lackawanna County that are looking to dump a $23 million loan on this new majority, Bill Gahan and Matt McGloin. What are they going to do with that? Are they going to be in conversations with the now lame duck commissioners majority to say, hey, you know, maybe you just slim that back and do what you need to do right now to get you past this year and let us make those decisions? That's why Lackawanna County hired, uh, vote elected these individuals, right, to manage the county for the next four years. So is it fair that this outgoing lame duck that has no responsibility to answer for it just takes out a $28 million loan or up to $28 million loan and dumps it on this majority? And if that's the way they're starting their term, are the current Democrat majority that's in Lackawanna County are setting them up to fail? Or are they going to work in, in unison to do what's best for the people of Lackawanna County? I personally don't think taking a $28 million loan as you're walking out the door that's going to hamstring the county for the next how many years is the best move right now. I understand that infrastructure needs to be fixed. I understand that our capital improvements need to be done. And you know, these, these county commissioners, especially some that have been in there for a long time, want to blame, you know, decades of neglect. Well, you were part of that neglect, the, the majority that's there now. You didn't do anything over the time. You did not set up your capital reserve replacement program to start planning for this, so you didn't need a bigger big loan of, of $28 million. And here you are months uh, before you walk out the door looking to dump $28 million loan on these new co incoming county commissioners, regardless of who they are. I mean, they are my, they are your, if you live in Lackawanna County, county commissioners. We don't want to see them fail. We don't want to see them hamstrung with such debt to where they're limited in what they need to do, and they have to raise taxes, they have to increase fees, they have to cut back on services that we're used to here in Lackawanna County. So my hope is this new incoming majority, Bill Gohan and Matt McGloin, you know, we already have Chris Chermack is already there, so hopefully he's in conversation with them as well as the outgoing lamed up commissioners to say, hey, you know, let's work something out here because I, don't stick us with this $28 million. 
that's what I want to see from from these new incoming com- county commissioners. I want to hear their plan on how they're going to deal with this. What are they going to do? What are their specific plans? Not, you know, hey, you know, we could do better. You know, I had candidates call this show yesterday saying, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, we need to do this and that. Now, well, how exactly are you going to do that? And the plan that they brought up really didn't do anything. It was less than 0.04% of the budget that you were looking to cut. That, that's not a dent in anything. And that was someone from my own party. But I have tough questions for those people, which is why you don't hear a lot of candidates call in here, because I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I want to see better government. I want to see better ideas. I want to see you serving the public. And I hope Bill Gahan and Matt McGloin, now that they are the county commissioners, along with Chris Chermack, who will be the minority commissioner, have a plan. I want them to succeed. You want them to succeed. But I don't see that what they're, what's being dumped on their lap as these commissioners, the outgoing majority, is leaving with something like that. I don't see them, uh, I don't see that as a good start. I mean, how, how would you lo- like to start your, your position as a county commissioner with a $28 million or up to $28 million loan being dumped on your lap? Change was made because we don't want a lot of the same old, same old. And I hope Bill Gahan and Matt McGloin and Chris Chermack realized that. I mean, there was only so much Chris Chermack could do. I would like to see him more vocal on some of the issues Lackawanna County's coming. But I understand he, there's not much he can do as a minority commissioner. But there were some things he could have said. There were some stance, stances he could have made. He could have highlighted the dysfunction in the Office of uh, Youth and Family Services, which is something I hope Bill Gohan and Matt McGloin take head on as soon as they get in. That's a mess, that department there. And again, Debbie Dominic was not running again, but I think if she did, she would be on outs too. But you have Jerry Notariani. They did not reelect him for a reason. Lackawanna County does, even the Democrat majority in Lackawanna County does not want the same old, same old. They want something new. They want things done better. They don't want to see their Office of uh, Youth and Family Services members on the news or in handcuffs anymore. They, they don't want to see, hear about, you know, we're taking out a $14 million loan here and another $20 million loan here or another $22 million loan here. We don't want to hear excuses where it's been decades of uh, neglect for our, our infrastructure and our, our capital improvements, so we have to take out all this money now. Well, how come you didn't take it out three or four years ago, five years ago? when the interest rates were a third of what they are now. Those are the tough questions that need to be asked. But make no mistake, I don't care if you're a Democrat, I don't care if you're a Republican, I don't care if you're an independent. If you're elected by the people of Lackawanna County, I want to see you succeed. You are my county commissioners. I hope they have a plan so they can hit the ground running. I hope before they even take office, they are in deep conversations, deep meetings with the current lame duck commissioner majority saying, hey, scale back on that. How about hold off on that? I really don't think it's imperative in the next month or two, the next two months, even the next three months, that we take out $28 million in debt in Lackawanna County because buildings are going to fall down. And if there is something like that, identify it, put it out there to the public and say, this is the amount we need right now on emergency basis. We're going to take that amount out We're going to leave those other decisions on loan borrowing and how they're going to do things to the new majority commissioners. That's what I'd like to see in Lackawanna County. I think that's what a lot of the taxpayers, if you're a Democrat or Republican in Lackawanna County, 
the voters of Lackawanna County, the Democrat majority, wanted change in Lackawanna County. Not the same old, same old, so hopefully we see that change up front. And that change needs, that conversation of change needs to start now. So uh, we'll see what happens. I wish Bill Gohan, Matt McGloin, and Chris Tremack the best because I am a resident of Lackawanna County, and I want to see them succeed. Uh, I also want to see what they're going to do. They are the new blood in there. Let's do things different. Let's do things better, because Lackawanna County wanted change. That's why Jerry Notariani was voted out in the primary. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. It's 321. We'll be back in a minute. You're at the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 325, 45 degrees and partly sunny out there. Um, and don't don't be mistaken. I'm very familiar with, you know, who the outgoing commissioners are friend with, friends with, with the new incoming commissioners, and that, you know, this loan could be a way for cover for the new commissioners coming in and reasoning for higher taxes. But make, make no mistake then, these new commissioner majority – should be held responsible for that. If they are not sitting down because they are so close, because they are friends, if they are not working out something that's best for the citizens of Lackawanna County, then you hold this new incoming majority strictly accountable for that. They Don't let them blame, well, the outgoing commissioners did this, because we all know the connections. So hopefully... Good things happen. You have to be optimistic at a time like this, but don't don't make don't take that as me being not skeptical. Don't make me being not not uh, willing to hold them accountable. I mean, just just look at the past months how I've hold Chris Shermack respo- uh, accountable for what's going on with Office and Family Youth Services. Now I understand there's only so much he can do as a minority commissioner, but he could have voiced his opinion. He could have been shouting from the rooftops. He could have not voted to support with. Uh, unprecedented legal fees for for employees county employees that were arrested and such like that i'm disappointed it was it was hard for me to cast a vote for him and i hope he earns that vote as as the county commissioner now i mean i'm sorry politics is a contact sport at times and i haven't seen that here and so we'll we'll see that as we move forward um moving on to luzerne county and wilkesbury i talked about only a 37 percent participation rate in wilkesbury in uh, Lackawanna County as a whole, in Wilkesbury, the the turnout was dismal. I mean, I, I think the mayor race won by thirty six hundred votes, and a texter texts that in. I mean, I don't know what the population of Wilkesbury is, but a texter said it was like eight or nine percent of the population. I mean, I like what Mayor Brown has done, um, and I talked uh, against his opponent because his opponent who was a Republican, had outlandish ideas, was bringing up things that made no sense, was using statistics and, and talking points that were just totally false. And I called that out. Again, another Republican, because I call it as I see it. I think Mayor Brown has done great things in the city of Wilkesbury. Again, I do not live there. And if, if either of the incoming commissioners for Lackawanna County or Mayor Brown would like to call in, by all means, call in a Congratulate you on your spot. I wish you all the best. I hope Mayor Brown in Wilkesbury continues to do the good things that, that that obviously the people of the city of Wilkesbury have seen him doing, as well as I've seen from the outside. You know, reading the stories coming out of there. But the, we need to do better as far as 
as far as uh, getting out there. I mean, 3,600 vote uh, in, in the city of Wilkesbury. I saw that and it was like, that's incredible. I mean, I understand maybe a lot of people thought that the guy challenging Mayor Brown didn't stand a chance. So why go out? I mean, there were other elections, too. But I would like to see more from going on there. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Ariana from Clark Summit on politics. Ariana, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay. Um, today I want to discuss how we Wade versus Roe affected the results of yesterday's polls. Well, the polls where? The only place that was really on the ballot was in Ohio. And like, the, um, the state people of Ohio, uh, the people of Ohio spoke. The Supreme Court, the, 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 the overturning of Roe versus Wade simply said that the Constitution doesn't state abortion protections in it. And the Constitution does state, if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, that it's a state responsibility. So all it did was put this—it didn't uh, um, outlaw abortions. All it did was put it back on the states, which Ohio had that, had that conversation. There, yeah. But as far as that, that's the only state that I'm aware of that it was really— I mean, Democrats are trying to make it a national issue, and we're going to talk about this at the 5 o'clock hour more in depth, where—, where you know, I'm going to scold Republicans again. Um, you know, pro-life is winning the abortion battle regardless of Roe versus Wade before it was even pushed back to the states. And and I think we need to get back to the facts of what's going on with that. So I really don't want to get into it in depth now uh, because 5 o'clock I'm really going to get into in depth, in, in depth in the abortion issue and Roe versus Wade and what the statistics are as far as what Americans do believe in and what they don't believe in. But as far as uh, yesterday's election, Ohio was the only issue that was really on the ballot, as far as I'm aware of. And, uh, you know, again, the overturning of Roe versus Wade just put the issue back on the states. It did not ban abortions. It did not outlaw abortions. It basically held up the Constitution, which states clearly, if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, then it's a state responsibility. And the states must speak on that. And that's what states are going to do. So it's going to be an issue. But we're going to talk about those numbers later, because I think... I think Republicans, Democrats are scaring, they're weaponizing the abortion issue, which has been going on for decades. So don't get me wrong, it's been going on since as long as Roe versus Wade was first instituted. But I think we need to get some facts out there, what's really going on in America. And we're going to talk about that at 5 o'clock, Ariana. All right. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, 3.31 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Here with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 337, 45 degrees, and mostly cloudy outside. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Drive van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Um, and I, I, I'm well aware that there's a college professor out there that is having their students call into radio shows to give talking points, and, and I don't know if it's their public speaking or what they're doing. I wish that college professor would call the show and explain what their what their um, reasoning is for the calling. Uh, I'd love, you know, I love that these kids are calling, these young adults are calling and getting involved. I mean, they obviously have a scripted or they're not so, uh, but I, I not so uh, in-depth uh, in, in what they want to say. 
But uh, I'm glad they're calling. I'm glad they're opening up to the discussion. I'm glad they're they're they've been polite and, and good. But don't think you know. I don't know. We don't know here at the station what's going on with that. And I, I wish their professor. And if you're a student out there listening, that you've been given this assignment, why isn't your professor calling and saying, "Hey, I'm calling your show too, and this is what I'm going to have my students do. It's going to participate in your show. We're going to you know call and and I it's going to be good for my students. It's going to be good for you, and hopefully good for the listeners." I'd respect that more than just giving an assignment for your students to just call and kind of leave them floundering out there in the wind. But it was a good call. I was able for me to promote what I'm going to be talking about at the 5 o'clock hour, and I hope she's listening then because, again, I am going to get into the nuts and bolts of this argument down to the numbers, the specifics, not the talking points, not this uh, fight, that this argument that's been weaponized because I'll give you a little hint. Pro-life is winning already, way before this even started, winning by a lot. So this shouldn't even be an argument, and I'm going to try and convince Republicans of that. Um, but I'm going to throw the data out there and show where we are at the 5 o'clock hour. Some breaking news that I meant to get to, but I got caught up in the politics of the, of the, the area, is the uh, House Oversight Committee has just subpoenaed Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's brother, and a third individual, Robert Hunter Biden. Let me get it up here. Just before I was coming in, this came down. Robert Hunter Biden was subpoenaed, John Robinson Walker, and James Biden have all been subpoenaed by James Comer and the House Oversight Committee to appear before the committee. Don't know any of the specifics about it. Again, they were just signed and published as I was walking into the studio, but that is breaking news, so I brought it. I figured I'd bring it out to you. Um, also, some breaking news on the other side, well, not breaking news, it happened today, is Ivanka Trump was testifying in court today. Um, and it's really not big news, but I, I found, I, I've been adamant from the, front, from the beginning. Once the grand jury indicted Donald Trump in this case, in the, the business case in New York, which is a civil trial, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, the business case, um, Ivanka Trump was removed by an appellate court as not being a subject of this. She is actually a witness of the prosecution. She is not a subject of this. But Letitia James, the attorney general from New York, was was talking, giving her press conference as she was uh, a co-conspirator, as she was a, sus- a subject to this case. Um, she was not. So, you know, I found that disingenuous on the attorney general's part because the court above her, the appellate court, ruled that she cannot be a party to this lawsuit. So she was called as a witness. But Miss James, the attorney general for New York, was was trying to make her part of the whole thing as she was a subject of the investigation, where she's not. An appellate court already said that she is she is immune from prosecution as far as this goes because she was not party to the, the time frame of this lawsuit. So those are your, your two things uh, going on today. One was a little earlier today. And again, I'm, I'm all for the... The process, the legal process going through the motions, including the appeals, which they will surely be. But I just found it not uh, – typical is probably a bad word because it shouldn't be typical. But for Letitia James, the attorney general, to kind of – in her press conference today after Ivanka Trump testified as she was a subject when she's clearly not – an appellate court said she's not. That was the the, the finding by the appellate court the higher court that's be, that's hearing this case, um, I just found it uh, tasteless. Let's leave it at that. One of the uh, 
uh, I, I said there were two elections here in Pennsylvania that I was mostly concerned about. One of them has really nothing to do with us, but that, that DA out in Allegheny County, the Pittsburgh area, where uh, you had Zapala, who lost the primary to a Soros-backed radical activist DA, who was pumping a ton of money into that, beat, beat Zapala, who's been there for decades. I mean, he's been there for at least two and a half decades. Beat him in the primary, and then he changed parties to a Republican and ran against him and, and won by 52 to 48 percent. And thankfully, because the, the opponent was beating Zapala up until late last night where there was 90 percent of the vote in. So it came in, and he, he won. A, again, I have the final. I don't have the numbers, but, yeah, it was 52% for Zapala to 48% for Dungan. So that was one of the big things because we already have a radical DA here in Philadelphia. We do not need another one out in Pittsburgh cornering the Commonwealth on both ends. So I don't agree with Zapala and a lot of his decisions. He's been a DA out there, for, like I said, for two and a half decades. He's done a decent job out there. To have a radical DA like we have in Philadelphia out in Pittsburgh just wouldn't have been good for the Commonwealth as a whole. If you look at the map of Pennsylvania, and I know we get callers in here and people say all the time, well, Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth is a Democrat state. We're a Democrat, Dem definitely Democrats. If you look at the map, it's not really so. And if you think about it, you have uh, Allegheny, which is Pittsburgh. You have Philadelphia and the county surrounding Philadelphia. Then you have Center County and uh, Dolphin County where Harrisburg is. Now, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are really your deep blue, 70% plus Democrat. And then you have Lackawanna County and the eastern, from Lackawanna County down, the eastern counties are all your light blue, 50 to 60% Democrat. So it's, it's teetering. The rest of the state is red. The entire middle of the state is deep red, 70% plus there. And, and if you look at the big judicial race, the Supreme Court race here, which was only won by Daniel McCaffrey, 53.1% to 46.9% for Carolyn Carluccio. You know, it was 1,614,415 votes for McCaffrey to 1,425,745 for Carluccio. It wasn't it wasn't as off as we figured it'd be, and I think if we had a better turnout, I mean, only just over 3 million votes total for the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania was, uh, was had. But, you know, outside of the Supreme Court, which, you know, was, was one of the hot races here in Pennsylvania, uh, this other one, the Scranton City Council, where incumbents uh, McAndrew, Rothschild, Smurl retained their seats, basically giving... Mostly a rubber stamp to the mayor here in Scranton. That's one of the, and even though I don't live in Scranton, I think it's bad for the area. I think her aspirations are outside of the Scranton area. I don't think uh, th this is a resume builder, and I don't think the people of Scranton or the people in Northeast Pennsylvania need to be used as a resume builder. So I would have liked to have seen better checks and balances, but that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, if you're in the city of Scranton, I want to hear what you think. Again, I'm not a resident here. I visit a lot. I go through it all the time. I'm there, you know, several times a week. But uh, 
I think we I think we could have did better there in the, the city in Scranton. I would have liked to have seen better checks and balances. But let me know how you feel as a resident of the city of Scranton. It's uh, 345 here at WILK. We'll be back. Well, voters aren't believing in Bidenomics. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here just before the Bloomberg Money Minute. But a new time Siena poll, we've talked about this a little bit, is finds the president behind in five of the six key states, Pennsylvania being one of them. And voters are citing his economic track record as uh, the key. It says that uh, just 2% of voters said the economy was excellent, the poll found. And again, this is the New York Times and Siena poll, liberal-leaning poll, Democrat-leaning poll. 48% of black voters in the Times Siena poll rated the economy as poor, as did 59% of voters under 30. Zero respondents in the age group in Arizona, Nevada, and Wisconsin rated the economy as excellent. 59% of voters under 30 said the economy was poor, as well as 48% of black voters. That's not looking good. So, you know, I understand there's a lot to discuss with the yesterday's elections, but this is still very dangerous for as far as Joe Biden goes. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute here on the Rob O'Donnell Show. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 354 here in Northeast Pennsylvania, 44 degrees and cloudy outside. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Get involved with the conversation. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear who won in your town, what, what you're looking forward to with the new people you have in your school board. What are you looking forward for them to doing? Call them out on what you would like them to do. Put it out there in public. Let them know that there is a litmus test for now that they have these offices. So uh, let's go to the phones now. We have uh, L from Wayne County on driver's licenses for voter ID. I was just wondering if we have a record of how many people signed up because supposedly Josh Shapiro changed that you could uh, apply to vote through your driver's license when you got it renewed. Do we have a way of knowing how many people actually did that? Because he changed it a little bit. He didn't really do much to change it, but he, I don't know exactly what he did to change it because the, the screen was changed. My- it, 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 it was always there. It asked you if you wanted right. to register to vote and you could click yes right. or no. Now it doesn't have, give you the option to click yes or no. It just moves you to the screen to have you to register the vote. Right. When you do but it, we, um, there there are those are numbers right. out there. There are those numbers out there. And from my understanding, the last time I saw those numbers, which is probably about three weeks ago, um, Republicans, more Republicans were registering than Democrats or, or more more people registering were re- registering Republican than Democrat. Really? Oh, it did give the, the distinction who they were registering to to vote for. Yes, it okay. did. It is out there. The last time I saw it was about three weeks ago. And again, more Republicans, more more people registered Republican than Democrat with this automatic voting. And and how did you find that, Rob? What did you do to, to find that? It, it was sent to me by someone, by, by a link. It, it's out there. I oh. mean, I'm sure you could just use a search engine to find it. Uh, but oh. the information is out there. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. I'll have a great day. Did okay. you get out and vote you yesterday? Did. Yes. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to uh, Craig from Whitehaven on the election. Craig. How you doing? Hi, Rob. I really like your show. Thank you. I just want to say that, you know, 
everybody's all concerned. They, they have all these great concerns about the economy and all this other stuff, but only 20% come out to vote. Uh, I don't think the, the, the issue is anything other than it seems to be just abortion. If abortion is the, is the topic, that's all they seem to care about. It doesn't matter about the economy. It doesn't matter whether we have millions of people coming across the border. It's all about abortion. And this 2024 election does not appear to me as a very, very good uh, sign. Unless unless we get the facts out there, it's being weaponized. This argument about abortion is being weaponized. The, the Democrats are trying to show it as a Republican extreme, extremism, and Republicans need to do a better job of explaining their, themselves when it comes to abortion. Matter of fact, we don't need to explain ourselves. I'm going to have the facts at 5 o'clock. The data's out there. And, and pro-life is winning this battle already. We, this doesn't even need to be a fight for us. Um, it doesn't even need to be an argument. But we saw it in Ohio. Uh, in the Kentucky governor's race, the Democrats weaponized it as you don't want to get this Republican governor because they're going to outlaw abortion. A- and they're using it as a weaponization talking point to try and paint Republicans as extremisms. They want to take your rights away. They don't want they want to scare the women out there, women voters, to get them out there to vote. And the facts don't show that. And Republicans need to do a better job. Actually, they, they need to do a 100 percent better job of explaining themselves what, what's actually happening in America now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so frustrating trying to watch. They don't listen to the facts. They just assume that they're going to lose their rights and it has nothing to do with their rights. The other, the other point I want to make is about Luzerne County. Uh, Republican committee, whatever that is, they did a very poor job with their candidates. It was very, very disappointing. It's not just Luzerne County. It's almost every county in Pennsylvania. It's the state as a whole. It's the nation. The GOP needs new leadership from the top down. The the, the, uh, Ronna McDaniel, the GOP chairwoman, needs to be ousted. She's done a horrible job. She's done nothing but lose. You know, I've talked to the GOP here in Pennsylvania. I've talked to the GOP on a national level. They need to get a ground game. There's none. There is absolutely none. Amen, brother. All right, Greg, I appreciate you calling him. Thank you. Yep. Um, Get to some more calls when we get back. It's it's frustrating. And like I said, we are – we're going to go through the numbers. And and Republicans uh, better listen – better start listening to the facts that are out there on the past 20 years – the past two years, what the actual laws say across America and what America, what polling of people in America say. We're on more of the same page than we're not, especially when it comes to the abortion issue. And I think we need to portray that and get the facts out there better. It's uh, four o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.